Hey y'all, welcome to the Surviving the Day podcast, where we share the everyday living experience of survivors. Thank you a ton for listening. I'm your host, Megan Doherty. I'm a brain aneurysm survivor. In each episode, I welcome guests who will share their smile approach to living beyond the crisis. And sometimes I share my own insights, understanding, and awareness. And my love for coffee, poetry, pets, and fitness. All stories are told with a positive twist. I hope listening will help you discover your own smile story. Thanks for listening to the Surviving the Day episode. Today, we are joined with a very, very awesome friend. I have had, well, we had met online, Instagram. I'd seen Jackie on there. And I'd read her posts and everything. I didn't know her whole story at the beginning, but I knew she had a really awesome smile story behind her. So hello, Jackie. How are you? Hi, Megan. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing very, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. Okay, so let's break into the ground, the coffee ground of things and see what all is going on. And let's talk about your smile story, Jackie. You have been a teacher, a freelance writer, and an advocate, basically, for the disabled or other people that have the same thing that you have or don't even have the same thing, just people in general. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start out by letting you tell your smile story. Jackie, what is your smile story? Uh, yes. Um, I guess going back to when I was first like diagnosed and, you know, started to have trouble, um, you know, basically back in 2009, I think was when I started to have uh, GI symptoms and they were pretty severe and they were interrupting my daily workouts at the YMCA. They were interrupting my runs that I used to do. Um, and back then, I had already transitioned from teaching into freelance writing from home um, because I couldn't do teaching anymore because of certain health issues that I was having, mysterious allergies, trouble breathing, uh, trouble with endurance and dizziness, nausea, migraines, you know, all kinds of things that, you know, after I had my youngest daughter, Alexis, in 2000, um, I had to resign. So I resigned from teaching, transitioned into starting out as a freelance writer, which was very bumpy at first, but I finally got in the Washington Post and then things sort of took off from there. But around 2009, those symptoms were getting worse and they were multiplying and I was having multiple issues and seeing doctors and, you know, being questioned and even to the point where I thought, I'm just crazy. It's all in my head none of this is real. None of these symptoms are real. Or if I'm throwing up and somehow my brain is telling my gut to do that. And, um, but I finally hit upon the right doctors when I went to a gastroenterologist at the University of Maryland. And then he did a colonoscopy and they did a few more biopsies. And I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And then right about that time, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And then that sort of cascaded over the next few years. It was um, 
POTS and Ehlers-Danlos was not even considered until my daughter showed symptoms back in 2016 or 2017, and they wound up going to a geneticist at Children's National Medical Center in DC. So the girls got diagnosed with POTS and Ehlers-Danlos, but by then, in that period of time from getting, I don't want to get too confusing here, but just from getting diagnosed with the Crohn's and the Hashimoto's, uh, other symptoms appearing, I eventually gave up, had to give up the writing too. I was, uh, I went on disability, um, took three years to do that, finally got approved because I went to a hearing. Um, and then I was in a mobility scooter in a wheelchair. So when we were at Children's National, into, it was 2016 with both of my daughters who were in high school at the time. They, um, the, cardio, the cardiologist who had just diagnosed both of them after tilt table tests, uh, he just diagnosed them with POTS and they did the test for the, um, the Biton scale, like the flexibility test for Ehlers-Danlos hypermobility. And he looked at yeah. me and he said, mom, why are you in a scooter? I was sitting in my mobility scooter. He said, do you mind telling me why you use that? So I described my symptoms and my issues with mobility and walking long distances. And then he had me doing the little bend your fingers, bend your wrists. Yeah. And all those. all those little party tricks. And he said, wow, you know, you're in your 50s and you're very flexible. So you were probably very flexible as a child. Um, and so there we were, you know, I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos and POTS like the girls. And so we kind of all chugged along, girls went off to college and in 2021 in May, I had an acute colon perforation and didn't really realize what was going on. Uh, I, we did wind up calling 911, thank goodness, went to the emergency room, was in septic shock by then. They diagnosed, they found the colon perforation on a scan. I was in septic shock. I was dying. My blood pressure kept dropping. My husband stood outside that emergency room um, cubicle and saying they couldn't get your blood pressure up. And they had to get it up. So I was stable enough to be put on a helicopter so I could be flown to Baltimore. That's where I had life-saving surgery. They removed half of my colon. It was undiagnosed diverticulitis uh, that caused the perforation. And I've been on a, an amazing recovery journey ever since. Um, losing half my colon and the intensive physical therapy rehab that I got both in the hospital after that happened and outside the hospital made me strong enough that I could walk again and I could walk for longer distances. Um, yeah. My upper body still is problematic. I can't carry things very well. My shoulders dislocate, but my lower half, I can walk. And I got into swimming back then because they they put me in aquatic therapy and I always tell people that was the game changer for me the aquatic therapy strengthened these muscles that were my muscles after sepsis were flabby and they were it was like they were hanging off my bones like noodles like wet pasta noodles I had nothing and mm -hmm. you know it was it was about a year just 
it took about a year just so I could walk about a half a mile. And that was a real victory after being in the wheelchair and the mobility scooter for seven years. Um, and then I've just, I started writing again. Like I reached out to some old editors of mine and they were still working there. And, you know, at Costco Connection, Washington Post. And um, I just, I started writing and started, pu- they started publishing my work again. So I'm back to writing. I do it part-time because I'm not fully there yet. And I probably never will be what I once was as a journalist, but that's fine because I do have to- You can never be what you once were, but you are, you can be your best now. Mm -hmm. I'm my best version of what I am now. And I'm very happy with that. So, I mean, I hope that didn't go on too long, but you know, there's, there's like a lot of stuff and there's a lot of, oh, no. in there. Um, well, but this is where now that's the thing about this podcast. Um, uh, people tend to see the outskirts of things mm-hmm. like just by appearance or the small things they hear, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of things like, to really, really get in the grind and the grooves and mm-hmm. the inside of things. There's a lot more to the smile story. All right, Jackie, let's hit on the mindset of this. There's a lot of pain behind the smile still. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know. There's always, there's always going to be, but you have a beautiful smile, so it's, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Thank you. And I, and I'm, I'm, I was so excited to be invited to be on this podcast because I love the title surviving the day or survive, you know, surviving today. It, Cause being disabled is really about survival. It is. It's about, it's about survival and everyone is about survival on some level, but the thing about being a survivor is you don't necessarily have to show show it or people well people just don't see it anyways necessarily but you don't you keep going mm-hmm. it's getting into the grind <laughs> every day every day i get up and i put on my armor again that no one yeah. can see but i have my little things around here that the way things are arranged or the way we do things or the way I schedule things is so that I can still take care of myself and do what I need to do so I don't full-on crash or wind up in the ER or you know it's it's a balance and sometimes it feels overwhelming and I will cry I do cry. I do just break down in tears. This um, is definitely the interior of this smile. Yes. I There's understand. I, I totally get that. You cry. The hardest part about tears is that when you are a survivor, at some point, you feel negative about letting letting it show in front of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... and I, yeah, um, Megan, I'm glad you said that too, because I've noticed that people who aren't disabled, people who are healthy, 
this is a little, this is a, a nitpick of mine, or yeah. Um, they will look at somebody who's battling cancer or battling what we're battling, and they'll always seem to emphasize, oh, but they're still so witty, or they're, you know, look at her smile, or she's never negative about it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, first of all, you haven't seen me on a good day. If you think that I'm never negative, or I guess what I'm trying to express is the, the problem I have with when healthy people say that is it. So are they meaning that it's bad to be negative about our situation? I mean, what if they did see us being negative, would they run away and be scared? And, you know, I mean, I have a friend who's seen the good, bad, and ugly of me, and especially right after I was recovering from sepsis, and she took the tears and the anger and the venom that I would spew on a daily basis as I was struggling and couldn't even walk in the hospital, and she's probably one in a million type of person out there who can, who can bear that mm -hmm. and still keep coming back every day and connecting with me. She saw the negativity and that was okay. But a lot of people around me, I will always hear about, you know, they will discuss someone who's battling a horrific disease or, you know, disabled and they'll say, oh, but you never see, they're never negative. And it's like, well, what's wrong with being negative? There's nothing wrong with having a time more of the woe is me. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you have to push forward and find the positive. Mm -hmm. But it's just like any type of coffee. <laughs> the mix, the mix is the best between dark roast and light roast. I mean, you go for any of those, depending on your mood at times. Mm -hmm. But you have to let your feelings out. You can't just keep hiding them inside. No, and I, I think some of us are made to feel like when we are negative in front of certain people, they right away try to tell us, oh, but you got to look at it this way. Or, oh, my goodness, I can't stand hearing the, oh, but you could have it so much worse. Okay, first of all, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you don't have health issues, so you don't even know what I'm talking about. And telling someone, well, you could have it so much worse isn't going to help them in the moment that they're feeling that negativity and that they're feeling, you know, if you want to help them turn to hope and turn to positivity, that will come in time if you take the time to talk to them and maybe find out why we're feeling so negative at that point. Why, yeah. what's wrong in that given moment that we're feeling hopeless or scared or we're questioning things or going, why me, you know? No, yeah, you're right. But I mean, that's the way that society deals with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To And the when that happens the people don't mean it to be in a negative way or to right. take away from what yeah. you're feeling they're just looking for the positive yes and they're but, scared they don't want us to lose hope i get that yeah but i mean it's like the full smile story there's a lot of layers to it all it's like that's what i'm saying the best kind of coffee is kind of a mix between different things yes bold I like bold I like smooth it just it all depends mm -hmm. how you feel yeah
and it's so important to have a community of people and friends around you who don't mind walking that path with you or drinking the coffee with you, whether it's light or dark. Exactly. And, and they're cool with it, you know, and, you know, and I, I know, I know nobody means it in a mean way or anything when they say that people just, they don't want to see people suffering and no. they want to try to fix it. That's, I think it's a human that's a human being human is you want to fix it or fix the person. It is. I have people I know I do that to all the time. Mm -hmm. When they talk to you about something very sad, even if you can't fix it, you try to automatically make things positive and Look for it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And all they want to do is actually seep, seep in the feeling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to stew in my nasty juices. And my friend Lily knows that. She's like, she knows it so well now that if she calls me and I'm having a really bad day and she's like, okay, she says, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. So you be sure to tell me if it yeah. is. And she'll make a suggestion. Most of the time, she's right on target. But, um, but if but if she's not and i go i just lily that doesn't help right now <laughs> and she know, she knows my tone she knows my voice um and she will say okay all right i i get that i get that and i think it's it's so important for us to cultivate bonds and relationships with people like that who Again, they don't they don't mind what kind of coffee we're serving that day or tea. <laughs> what kind of exactly. tea we have to fill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about your current life. Mm -hmm. And every day, I mean, you've just been moving forever and doing oh, yeah. all that. That's a still it's a lot of work. Yeah. It is, it's a lot of work on you. Um, but how, how is that going? It's going slow. And considering the person I was before, you know, all this sickness um, disrupted my life. Um, I was like a person who got things done timely, got things done ahead of time, was always prepared Martha Stewart type Christmas holidays, all of that jazz. And now for this Christmas, you know, I had to be okay. And I was with just, okay, wherever we're done unpacking on the 23rd, we're done. And it will stay yeah. that way till after Christmas. And we just shoved boxes in closets or put them downstairs or out in the garage. And so what was in the layers here, you know, we had, we had the tree up, we had the main things there. We had the food that we were going to eat prepared. And that was the important thing. It was, it was us being together and celebrating in this new home. And I was just Which able to let that go, you know? Very awesome. Yeah. 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 There, I mean, there are times in life where you just have to let go and kind of let whatever happens happens 
Yes. It helps our sanity, I think, if we can do that and just, and don't compare to what you used to be and what I used to be able to get done. It's sort of like, okay, this is the new me. This is who I am now. And I don't care about all that stuff. I just want to be with my family and have a tree and look at our tree. Yeah, that's like, for me, it's like, once again, coffee, going for the same kind over and over again. Yeah. Or changing it up into weird, different things. Sometimes it just feels good to go the same way. Mm -hmm. Stay low, not be bold and look at all the crazy things going on in life and have everything different come in your life. Yeah. But just be calm for a little while. That's something I'm learning. Sw oh, by the way, swimming helps me with that, actually, to calm oh, really? down. It Yes, I, I just published a piece in um, The Healthy. It's a Reader's Digest brand online, and it's called The Healthy. And it's I swim every other day for a year, and here's what happened. And when I go to the YMCA and I swim, I can't do anything else. You can't have your phone when you're swimming. You mm -hmm. can't, you know, you're, you're in there. You're in there in a pool, the sound of the water. And your thoughts. You. And yeah, and it kind of seeps into your brain and it tells you to shut that chaos down. And it helps me so much, you know, with calm because I've always had a problem getting calm. Yeah, water, water therapy is just that it's both physical therapy and mental therapy <laughs> it is truly it's, yeah oh you you nailed it megan freeing yeah so i can move in ways in the water i can twist my body i can kick my legs in ways i can't do it on land exactly and for me i can walk without the brace in the water in the water yeah which it's all all in the water. It, you're right. It's so freeing. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about. Obviously, your favorite workout would be swimming. Yes, water aerobics. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about your favorite coffee. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. So I I have to have it very mellowed down, very light. Um, ever since the sepsis thing, the, you know, and all the GI stuff, I drank coffee every single day till that happened. And then they gave me some coffee in the hospital and it was, you know, just regular black coffee. Um, I was still on clear liquids or something. And I don't know, I don't know if it was just everything that I went through, but I was like, that's too strong. So I like, uh, to get, what do they call it? Like a white chocolate like a mocha um latte or i like caramel lattes so you know something with a dash of coffee in it and then a whole lot of other stuff to sweeten it and help it go down <laughs> that is so yeah that's a good way to go that's yeah. a good way to go and i love those absolutely and they got the, the hot ones like um, I don't know, though, in the summer, I do like the iced uh, coffees, you know, with, again, either a lot of caramel, 
or vanilla, you know, in it. Um, hazel, but I hazelnut. do like to say, I, yes, hazelnut's good too. Yeah. Any of any yeah. any of those flavorings, you know. Yeah. Just something to add to it, to the flavor, to the spice. Coffee yeah. is always good. Mm-hmm. It's weird sometimes you pick cold coffee on cold days and hot coffee on hot days. It just it goes with whatever mood you're in. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very awesome. Yes. Yes. We would stop at a coffee shop in Cumberland, Maryland on the way to see our daughters when they were still uh, in Pittsburgh attending college. And so we would go through Cumberland and head up to the interstate that way towards Somerset. Well, we would stop at a coffee shop in Cumberland and that's where I would, I would usually get the iced coffees. There was just something about having that on the road, you know, and traveling and you know especially after the sepsis and everything i went through look anytime i got in the car and was able to travel that was like for me going to pittsburgh was like going to europe you know (laughs) because i had clustered in the hospital for so long before and you know it was just great to be able to get out and yeah and enjoy that that iced coffee on the way up and it really gets you going (laughs) When you have something like sus- sepsis happen to you, the ever after always changes still, doesn't it? It changed everything. It changed the way I think. It changed It changed the way I, you know, even go to my primary care doctor that I've seen for almost 10 years now. I've seen her and I'm still nervous. I'm nervous about going into the doctors now. I'm nervous when I have to get a procedure. I cried having a DEXA scan done earlier this year because they were scanning me. And, you know, it's it's about the scanning. It's about what I remember from that morning that happened. And I get nervous when they take my blood pressure. Uh, you know, you go to the doctor and they'll do your vitals. So I'm always side-eyeing the machine. And if they don't announce what it is, then I got to ask them, what's my blood pressure? Is it good? Okay. Is my oxygen good? What, you know, is everything, I have to be reassured. Um, Sepsis destroyed me mentally. And it's, it's still, it's still interesting trying to come back. It's like you're running from death all the time sometimes in the fact that it also changed the fact that I came back, you know, against all odds, I came back and I went, hmm. And I'm not too much of a believer in wellness, had the way it was meant to be, and you're supposed to be here to do all this stuff. I'm more like, well, I'm still here hanging out. So I'm going to see what I can do to help other, save other people's lives, which is why I'm a sepsis advocate. Yes. And, yes. Um, be, and I'm becoming very outspoken in my support for those of us with disabilities all disabilities from anything you know it's sort of like you know a lot of my writing now has taken me down that path to where i'm writing for tourism uh bureaus here in maryland and and reinventing their websites to include accessibility in their tourism website and because it's sort of like and that i mean accessibility meaning you know, mobility, sensory, sight, hearing, you know, anything, yeah. anything, any challenge you may have, 
what does this place do to accommodate that? What, you know, cause I, I've yeah. told a business journal recently, I said, we're not bed bound. Okay. We're not bed bound. We're not sequestered at home. We're out there and we want to do things. And so we, accessibility has to be a top priority. I mean, the ADA is 32 years old. Is it now 32, 33 years old? And, you know, it's time to look at that again, I think. 33, I think. Yeah. 30, we got to look at it, that again. Okay. So the positive is definitely having you there with a voice to talk about these things. Using my voice. It gave me a voice. It made, no, it made my voice louder is what it did. Because I figured if I'm still here, then I'm just going to do all the good that I can because there's a renewed appreciation for life that you have after that. Despite my struggles, despite the pain I endure every day, I am still just thankful every day to still be here. So it's, it's, it was a definite big positive out of what but was a big, big negative. <laughs> that is very, very, very awesome. You always have to try and stir the pot of coffee for people to actually tune into it and get more of a view of the disability mm -hmm. laws and rights and what they should be and what they should play in life and how people with disabilities are not invisible and should not always be silenced. Mm -hmm. Judy Human didn't put up with any of that. No. <laughs> she was a force to be reckoned with, that lady was. I really appreciated you coming on my podcast today and talking to me about everything that you've been through and hopefully leading some positive light into other people's stories, other people's smile stories. Jackie, you can find her on Instagram and all over the place. So, and I will have information on my Buy Me Coffee page about her. Thank you guys and have a great day surviving the day. Thank you, Megan. Thanks y'all for listening to the Surviving the Day podcast. I hope it offered you insight and motivation to help you survive the day. If you like this podcast and want to enjoy even more chat, coffee, poetry, and workout challenges, please subscribe and feel free to follow me on Facebook at Never Stop Trying Surviving the Day and Instagram Never Stop Tryin 00. Also, if you feel so inclined, please feel free to donate to my podcast. You can find me on Buy Me a Coffee. All links are shown in the notes. Thanks y'all very much and please enjoy surviving the day.